This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And welcome in to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Very excited to be here for the next couple hours holding it down. My man, Damon Cotton, is behind the wheels of steel. You just heard two really, really good, fantastic hours of radio with my man, JT the Brick. Phil Villapiano was one of his amazing guests that he had on the show. Plus, there's a lot of breaking news going on in the NFL. So I'm going to be here to hold it down for the next two hours. Been here for a couple weeks coming in from Texas and finally get to slide into my own time slot. Been doing a little morning show, doing a little late afternoon show. But now it's time to fill that void that's been here for a minute, 2 to 4 p.m. And it's funny because I'm actually familiar with this 2 to 4 p.m. slot from when I was still in Central Texas and uh, still participating here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So very excited to be here, bringing you unnecessary roughness. Very excited about the the guests that we have coming up on the show. And then following me, Vinny Bonsignor, who is back from vacation. He was in Italy. He'll be back, but he'll only be on today from about 4 to about 5.15 as the Aviators have uh, baseball tonight against uh, Salt Lake, against the Bees. So uh, Vinny Bonsignor will, will end his show a little bit early today and also tomorrow. But uh, still, man, what, a, what a, a nice little run of shows. JT the Brick, Unnecessary Roughness, and then Vinny Bonsignor closing us out. And like I mentioned before, DeMond Cotton on the wheels of steel. And it's, it's about time, my man. We, uh, we slide into this 2 to 4 p.m. Let's slide. go. I'm so excited about this, man. <laughs> Man. Yeah, like, but me setting up the board today it was like we did the show for a full week, but for today it just felt a little different. Well, I mean, like I said, we've been kind of like the utility players, you know, we kind of been all over the place, did a little morning show action, did a little uh, late afternoon action, wherever we were needed because of vacations, we kind of slid in and, and held that down. But now, now the training camp is here and it's this week. Woo! This week, man. I mean, John Gruden, he, he meets with the media tomorrow. The players report tomorrow. Already over the weekend, uh, the quarterbacks and the rookies reported. But uh, just just for the, the general team, they all really report tomorrow. John Gruden will meet with the media, and then it's go time on Wednesday. So we wanted to make sure everyone had their vacations out of the way. Everyone was fully recharged. Everyone was good to go. Because once training camp happens, you tell the wife, you tell the girlfriend, you tell the boyfriend, whatever the case may be, you say... I'll see you in February. Exactly. I tried to reach out to a few players, you know, hey, maybe get on like the last last day before camp, you know, come on the show. And it's right. just, you know, respectfully. Yeah. I'm not trying to spend my last day before camp. If <laughs> It's like. And, and, I, and I get it. Show. Yeah, I get it. But I get it. I understand. Matter of fact, Alec Engel was one of the guys. Fullback Alec Engel was one yep. of the guys that you had reached out to. And I'll tell you right now, you want to talk about a dude who can uh, swing a bat. Alec Engel, if you ever uh, get an opportunity to put any of the Raiders on your on your celebrity softball team, if you just happen to put a softball game together, go on to pick Alec Engel. Don't don't hesitate. Alec Engel should be one of your first picks. Now, Henry Ruggs, he can swing that bat too. Matter of fact, he, uh, according to Josh Jacobs, had a little bit of a time that he was playing a little baseball, trying out for, for the major leagues, as a matter of fact, coming out of high school. That was, that was a little nugget I learned over the weekend that I thought was pretty cool. But Alex Engel, Alec Engel, he went twice. He went deep twice on Saturday at the Battle for Vegas. That's the Raiders won, by the way. 25-16. to 16. Yeah. 25-16, that's not a football game. 
that was a softball game. All right, so I got to ask you, you know, you were there, you were watching, yeah. and you love to tell your softball I made softball the news. Skills. What's oh. the chances that I make? Now, I'm serious. <laughs> this place is packed, dog. Las Vegas ballpark is packed to the gills. Fans sold out. Like, you couldn't even go sit in a seat that wasn't yours because someone was coming to get that seat. Like, you could, and I say that, not that I tried that. Okay, I might have tried that. But I'm saying, <laughs> it was packed to the gills. And so... There's plenty of news around there. Obviously, I'm there, too. I'm trying to cover the game, but it was just the way it was all set up. Uh, me and the wife and our daughter sat in right field, right? Just at, at these comfortable seats. It was actually probably the best seats in the house. Really comfortable. It was almost like a, a big old table that we could just sit at and chill. Mm. We were sitting there, and the news came by and was like, hey, can we interview you? And the wife looks at me like, hey, that's your thing, I, not mine. <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with that. Of course, they interviewed her first off top, right? And so... Um, she got on there and, and she did a little something, something. She, you know, was able to talk to to the news and then they turned to me and I was like, well, you know, I work at the radio station and I think maybe they didn't even hear that because they were just like, oh, it's cool. Let's go. All right. <laughs> so, I'm, I mean, you know, so unnecessary roughness, <laughs> two to four, starting on Monday. <laughs> right. You know, forget the game. Worry about the show. <laughs> but no, it was funny, man. It was just, uh, I, I mean, hey, doing all these different shows, being the utility guy here at the radio station for the, for the you know, for the meantime uh, while everyone was vacationing, and then all of a sudden go out there to the ballpark and end up on the news. So you want to talk about promotion. I've done everything I could to promote the station and promote the show and promote everything I got to do in the past, I don't know, a couple of weeks since I've been here. Yeah, seen all the pictures, man. You were like all the all those super fans. It's like, no. I mean... Did you ask him how hot those get-ups are? Because that's that's all I can think about when I just see want to know how hot it is inside the <laughs> yes. inside the suit, right? No, nah, the grill. I'll tell you what, and and what Demond's talking about is I took a picture with Gorilla Rilla. I took a picture with uh, the Violator, who's going into the Hall of Fame, by the way, and then also uh, Senor Raider. And I think for Gorilla Rilla, it's probably the hottest, especially in Las of Vegas. Course. You know, what I mean, he's got the suit, he's got the. The gorilla suit, I mean, he's got it all on, so I can imagine him being a little warm in there. But it's funny, man. I was just kind of walking around the concourse there at the ballpark, and they come rolling in. And, of course, you know, the Violator, everybody in Raider Nation knows the Violator very well. I mean, he comes walking in, and that's royalty. So I said, you know, and I've had him on my podcast before. I was like, Violator, what's up, man? Wayne, it's Q. And then all of a sudden, Gorilla Rilla is like, Q, what's up, dog? And so we start chopping it up, and it just kind of went from there. So I'm, I'm glad you brought them up because later on in the show, you'll hear the interview that I did with them following the game. It was probably about five or six minutes, just a fun little conversation with uh, three members that everyone in Raider Nation, if you're a Raider fan, if you have any kind of Raider fandom in you, you know exactly who the Violator is. You know exactly who Gorilla Rilla is. You know exactly who Senor Raider is. So you'll hear from them really close to the end of the show. But uh, that was a fun conversation. I'll tell you right now, man, that was a fun day at the ballpark. Nice little uh, fireworks show afterwards. The Golden Knight fans go hard in the paint. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I'm not breaking any news to you. I mean, you know this, and everyone that's local knows that. I'm not breaking any news, but man, they were there representing at Las Vegas Ballpark. So I'll tell you this, Raider Nation's got next year, they got a little bit of work to do to catch up and and be as loud, as proud as the Golden Knight fans were because they were out there doing their thing. Go Knights, go. Oh, man. I can't wait to get to one of their games. I really can't, man. That's that's one of the things. It's so that's, much fun. I, I'm already knowing. I'm already knowing. I'm already knowing. So I'm excited about being having that opportunity to go hang out there. But, uh, yeah, the Raiders win the the battle for Vegas. We gave out a bunch of tickets here on the radio station. I know a lot of listeners had a good time out there with their families, and that was a cool thing. Family event. Raised a lot of money for charity. Probably over, I think, over $160,000 for charity. Wow. That's nothing to shake a stick at. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's awesome by both 
both uh, organizations to be a part of that big community event. And I just think it, it was it was really cool, man. I, I'm telling you, I've been embracing the whole community since I've been here. It has been a lot of fun. So uh, hats off to everyone here in the 702 because it is, like I said, it's been a lot of fun and been very well, welcome, well welcomed into the, the Las Vegas area. This has been uh, great, man. I'm, I'm very excited about that. But a uh, couple more guests that are coming up on the shows today. JT The Brick has been doing kind of the countdown to the Hall of Fame. Tom Flores, Charles Woodson. I mentioned the, the Violator, Wayne Mabry, all going into the Hall of Fame. I've been having a couple gold jackets on my shows, too. <laughs> Last week, Marcus Allen, he was actually the team captain of uh, – it was Team Marcus for uh, for the Raiders at the Battle for Vegas. Had him on the show last week. Had Tim Brown the very next day. Well, today, how about Hall of Fame defensive back Mike Haynes? I always say this, Damon, and you'll never get tired of me saying this. Actually, you will probably get tired of me saying this. DBs win games. That's all I'm going to say. And I know defensive linemen are going to argue and say, yeah, but if we don't get pressure, the DB don't matter. But the DB will argue on the other end and say, if we can't cover, it don't matter what they do. So they go hand in hand, but I like to, as a former defensive back, like to say DBs win games. And I like to tell Pritch that too because he's a wide receiver. So I like to say <laughs> that we lock those guys up. And I didn't lock up anybody. <laughs> Let it be known, Damon. There's a reason I'm standing by here talking. I didn't lock up nobody. <laughs> oh, same, man, but you got to talk a big game. Hey, that's that's like prerequisite number one to be a DB. You got to have a little bit of swag in your talk, right? Got to have a little bit of that in your conversation. So coming up at uh, at 2.30, Mike Haynes, Hall of Fame defensive Going to catch up with him, talk about Coach Flores. And in my communications with him, he was letting me know that, you know, he's a big fan of Coach and, and Coach's wife, Barbara. And so just going to get into all those kind of kind of conversations. I see Mike at Super Bowl uh, at the Radio Row. I usually see him every year. And uh, he's he's always a great conversation. So Mike Haynes will join us at two thirty. Uh, we'll have cover three, and what I, what cover three is, and there you go, defensive back terms again. Cover three, NFL news and notes of the day. So we'll kind of scatter shoot around the NFL with whatever's going on, some breaking news like Aaron Rodgers returning to Green Bay. Basically, he's going to be there for about one more year, and then who knows where he's going to end up. So it should be a fun year of speculation. Raider fans, buckle up. Because with this, it's going to be, oh, he's going to be here next year. He's going to be the Raiders quarterback next year. You're going to hear that for a whole year. So you might as well just go ahead and prepare yourself. I'm just saying. I'm not going to say that for a whole year. I'm not engaging in that conversation. Because to be 100% honest with you, I ain't worried about next year. This year's training camp starts tomorrow. And then practice starts Wednesday. So next year, be damned, Damon. That was a good one. I'm not worried about Aaron Rodgers next year because I'm worried about this year. Ooh, Worried about, I mean, that's what you got to worry about, right? You got to worry about the team this year. You can't think about what's going on next year. But I'll tell you, the national, the talking heads, the national media is going to start this storyline right now. Where is Aaron Rodgers going to play next year? Exactly. Is it going to be Denver? Is it going to be the Raiders in Las Vegas? Is it going to be... It won't be he San Francisco. He wants to be closer to home, to the right. West Coast. Exactly. Hollywood wife. Exactly. Uh, oh, oh, come on, man. So just get ready for the story. Again, it's not something I'm going to hammer home because there's way more conversations that we could have. Well, allow me. <laughs> <laughs> no, Damon, I will take your microphone from you. You better say that for inside the, or in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. I ain't having that all. Uh, we, man, That's speculation is not my forte. I do not like a lot of speculation. I just like facts. Let's talk facts. And the facts are training camp is starting this week. I know you got a big old Kool-Aid smile on your face. Like you just got grape and red with extra sugar in it. But, Ooh. man, you, uh, you, you're, on, man. you're trying to stir it up. I mean, who wants to talk about actual football when we can talk about what might happen in actual football? Not going to happen. Not around here, Ooh, I'm brother. I'm just thinking about it. Oh, man. 
<laughs> so after cover three at three o'clock, we'll, uh, we'll, our next guest will join us at 3.30, B.D. Williams from SB Nation. I wanted to have him on because he does a really good job with film breakdown. So Gus Bradley's defense is no different. But one, it's got to be a lot better than it was than Paul Gunther's defense. I'm just assuming it can't get much worse. And I don't want to be disrespectful because Paul Gunther's been a defensive coordinator in league for a long time. But that defense just wasn't cutting it for the Raiders. And maybe he goes somewhere else. I know he's in Minnesota right now. Maybe in Minnesota, whatever his scheme fits those guys a little bit better, fine. But it didn't fit what the Raiders were trying to do. I don't think there's anybody who thinks I'm breaking any kind of news when I say that. So Gus Bradley's defense has to be a whole hell of a lot better than what we all saw the last few years under Paul Gunther. There's a reason why Paul Gunther got fired before the season ended. It just was that bad. It got to that point. I know that you want to have continuity. You want to keep your coaches there all the time. You want to be able to help them grow. But at some point, just <laughs> it just wasn't going to cut it. So uh, those are the guests that we have coming up. And then, like I said, after uh, we talked to B.D. Williams, after you hear that conversation, then uh, you'll hear the conversation that I had on Saturday night with uh, Senor Raider, with Gorilla Rilla, and, of course, Wayne Mabry, a.k.a. The Violator at Las Vegas Ballpark. Again, that was Saturday night. Uh, I do have a question, and I like to bring a question to the show each and every day, and you could always chime in. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. And also, we got the Sam and Ash text line, 69187. Keyword is R-N-R. Make sure you use that or else I will not get your text message and we want to hear from you. Again, 69187. Keyword R-N-R. With John Gruden opening up training camp with his presser tomorrow, if you could ask one question to coach and it was guaranteed to be answered, what would it be and why? Hit me with that right now. 702-365-9200. That is the Raider Nation listener line. And, of course, we have the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R, because you deserve what's right. If you can ask John Gruden one question at the press conference, if you could be there at the facility in Henderson and they call on you, what would you ask to head coach John Gruden as he opens up the 2021 training camp with his opening presser? Tomorrow afternoon. And, uh, Damon, we got someone standing by. We got Gangster Raider on the line. All right. Let's start things off with Gangster Raider. What's on your mind, my dude? What's up, Q? I want to say congratulations, and you official like a referee whistle now. No more <laughs> filling in. No more filling in for everybody else. You got your own show. I love the name, Unnecessary Roughness. You know I'm digging that. You know what I mean? I just want to say that's a good look with you and Damon feeling that. You know what I'm saying? Got some power in the building. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I'm loving that. And also, the question I would ask John Gruden is when you going to finally start living up to your contract and supposedly be this um, offensive guru or genius and start um, making some better play calls and getting our reds on offense together, when you going to start doing that? All right, cool. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate the, uh, the feedback. Uh, that's Gangster Raider right there. And uh, I think you'd have to probably word that question a little bit differently if you were going to ask John Gruden. But you could ask. and I'll, I'll Hey, man, why ain't you better at your job? I'll say it like this. You could ask, how do you improve the red zone? How do you improve the efficiency in the red zone? You have the weapons. Now you bring in Kenyon Drake. And this is something that I think, and this is just a gut feeling. I don't know. This is just a gut feeling. I think you see a lot of Kenyon Drake involved in the red zone. I think you see a lot of Foster Moreau involved in the red zone. I think you didn't see him very much at all last year. Jason Witten was really kind of holding it down in front of him. And I honestly, I know a lot of Raider Nation hated that Jason Witten was there and it wasn't Foster Moreau. I really believe that that was almost like a redshirt year for him just to get 100% healthy. He, he tore that ACL late in the season. And as a guy who's torn two ACLs, I know you don't recover just like that. I know that's not like it used to be back in the day when I tore mine, but I'll tell you right now, your body could physically be back in shape. 
but it's your brain, it's your mind, it's 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 everything upstairs that sometimes your confidence isn't there. I saw Foster Moreau on Saturday night, and he's running the bases. He has no knee brace on. I mean, he's good to go. I think that, that year, as much as Raider Nation hates it and hated that Jason Witten was there, I think that that year where he didn't do a whole lot was okay. I honestly do. I, I don't I don't have any problem with it. And matter of fact, when Jason Witten was signed, that was my initial thought. Okay, they're going to give Foster Moreau plenty of time to – to rehab and be better and be 100%. And again, this is just a gut feeling. This is nothing I've heard. This is nothing I've seen. This is just what I'm going off of from observation. And that was from a distance. But that's just what I think. And I think he's going to be a big factor in the red zone this off this this year. You have Darren Waller. You have Foster Moreau. You have Kenyon Drake. You have Josh Jacobs, who Jacobs, by the way, scored, what, 12 touchdowns last year? I mean, there's uh, you have those kind of combinations right there. I think you'll see some good things in the red zone. And then... One of your one of your aces in the hole that you either choose to use or you choose not to use could be Marcus Mariota, a healthy Marcus Mariota, a guy who wasn't healthy in 2020. It's another guy that a lot of Raider Nation had a lot of expectations for, but nothing really got going until week 15, until he was forced into action when Derek Carr went down early with that groin injury. So there's a lot of different elements. But if you wanted to ask that question to John Gruden and you wanted to actually get it answered, you would have to kind of word it and say, hey, how do you improve the red zone offense how do you improve the efficiency in the red zone so that's a that's a very uh that's a very valid question so definitely want to uh hear from you 702-365-9200 that's the Raider Nation listener line if you could ask John Gruden at his opening press conference tomorrow one question that's guaranteed to be answered what would it be I also want to hear from you on the Sam and Ash text line 69187 keyword R&R visit Sam and Ash at SamandAsh.com because you deserve what's right coming up at 2 30 Hall of Famer, a guy that wears a gold jacket, Mike Haynes. Played for the Patriots, played for the Raiders. But we'll talk about his time with the Raiders, the silver and black, right? We'll get his thoughts on uh, Coach Flores, Charles Woodson, and a lot more. The time is 3.20, and this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Hall of Famer Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Hey, Raider Nation, this is Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Radio... Station 920. Say Raider Nation Radio 920. Raider Nation Radio Station 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Shout out to Marcus Allen right there in the open, who tried the best to do a on-the-fly drop for us. Mistakes happen. And how do I know that? Because I guess I'm trying to fast forward through the show already. Going to break, I said it was 320. Tomorrow's like, man, that show went by fast. <laughs> this show always goes by fast, Q, but it didn't go by that fast. It's only 220. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm a little ahead of myself. So 225 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Uh, got a really good caller on the phone line. We're going to get to him in a quick second at 702-365-9200. My man H in Albuquerque. We'll go to him in just a second. I did want to pass along this note from the Raiders. They just sent over the email that they've signed punter Corliss Waitman. Uh, he's six foot two, 210 pounds. He joins the Raiders after originally signing with the Steelers as an undrafted free agent in May of 2020. Uh, he spent his rookie offseason with the team after playing four years at South Alabama from 2015 to 2018. Uh, in a corresponding move, the Raiders have wave kicker Dominic Eberle. And, you know, this is nothing that, oh, man, this is a game changer. This is a dude that's going to be in camp. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but he's going to be a guy that's going to be in camp and he's going to take some some kicks away from, you know, guys that are that are there that are going to make the team. It's just it's a rotational piece. 
That's who he is. He's a rotational piece. What are you upset about, Demond? Why are you? You your, tell your him facial, that. Your facial expressions are, are priceless. What is wrong? You tell him that. You tell that kid that he, no, he's he going to make the team. he knows his role, dog. Certain people know their he's role. He's going in there, and he's going to kick his heart out tomorrow. Yes, he's going to. And he's going to kick his tail off all he can. And, for and someone at the end like of the day, just, AJ Cole's going to be the kicker. For you to dismiss him like he doesn't I'm stand I'm not dismissing him. I keep it real, man. I, I'm, I'm an honest dude. What was his name again? Exactly. Corliss Waitman. Corliss Waitman is going to make the team. He might. He might make the practice squad. But A.J. Cole's the kicker. I believe in you, man. So do the Raiders. They signed him. But, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a reality of NFL. That the training camp is 90 men. The roster is 53. It's simple as that, Demond. It's a simple math game. You can't keep everybody. Everybody don't get a trophy, Demond. Everyone don't get a trophy. I know you're only 20 or 21 or 22, and you might have came in eighth and you still got a ribbon. We don't sign up for all that. It's unnecessary roughness. All right? We call it how it is. Speaking of calling it how it is, my man H and Albuquerque been patiently waiting. What's on your mind this afternoon, my man? Hey, Q. How's it going, man? Chilling, man. How you doing? It's uh, I'm doing well. I uh, First, let me extend congratulations. Uh, you've been talking about that you were going to do everything you could to get to Vegas, and it's a pleasure to see your hard work, your passion, and your per- perseverance pay off. And Thank you, brother. Well earned, well deserved. Thank you. So, in response to your question about Gruden, what I would ask Gruden is, um, I, you recall he had big plans before he actually got in the building. You know, for Amari Cooper and some others. I don't think mm-hmm. he realized or intended to strip the roster down like he did again. Agreed. And after that, I would ask him. So, is your plan progressing? the way you expect it to or want it to. Obviously, you know, he's ultra competitive. He wants to win yesterday. Mm-hmm. But realistically, is the plan coming to fruition now? I mean, the roster's a lot better now. You know, it's, it caught him by surprise, you know what I mean? Right, uh, right. Or is he like, okay, after that, this after the year one, things are going the way I intend to, and I expect results. That's what I would ask. Great call. Great call. Appreciate it. That's H and Albuquerque right there. And, look, that's a great uh, question. Because I'm with you 100%. I don't think that the the number one plan was to strip down the team and, and recreate it. I don't think that that was what it was going to be when he first decided to return. And even when he was at Ricky's Sports Bar, by the way, one of the greatest sports bars ever in the Bay Area. Love me some Ricky Sports Bar. And I know, you know, it's not what it is. And, and rest in peace to Ricky. But, man, that place was the mecca. I used to tell everybody about that place. But I don't think when he was there that day at Ricky's pumping up Raider Nation, I don't think his intention was to tear the, the team down. It just... It just happened. Things happen. You you have plan A, you have plan B, and then sometimes you got to go with plan C or plan D. The worst plan ever, Demond, is the one that can't be changed. That's the worst plan ever. If you can't change a plan, you're in trouble. If it has to go a certain way and that's the only way it's going to go to succeed, you're in trouble. Now, again, like like H said, John Gruden's very, very competitive. I don't think 4-12 and 12, his first year back on the sidelines is what he wanted. I don't think seven and nine the next season was what he wanted. Hell, I don't think eight and eight last year is what John Gruden wanted. That dude wants to win. I know one thing. I'm passionate about this radio game. Like, I don't want to do a show where I walk away and say, I think it, that was a bad show, even though I know damn well I got a show the next day and I can, you know, I can, I can do it better. John Gruden is a bazillion times more passionate about what he's doing, his craft, than I am. And I know how much it hurts me. I'll tell you right now, straight up. I think Thursday was our last show. We didn't have a show on Friday. It was, I didn't, do, I didn't do a good show on Thursday. I literally left here. I didn't leave here. I was at the facility. I left the facility angry at myself because the show was bad, in my opinion. 
Most people probably didn't notice it, but I beat myself up the whole way home because I was angry at what I did. So take that and take that to a professional football team and to a head coach that you know has won a Super Bowl, has been at the, the, the highest. You think that that stuff doesn't eat at him or losing a game at the last second like they did three times last year? You think that kind of stuff doesn't eat at, at a guy? I don't care what your feelings are on any kind of a head coach across the league. They don't want to lose, and they sure don't want to lose like that. So a uh, really good call, my man, and that, that would be a great question to uh, ask John Gruden. So uh, thank you for that, and you, know, you can keep those calls. Co- well, keep the text coming right now on the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. And the reason I say that is because we have Mike Haynes, uh, pro football Hall of Famer. He's coming up next, going to talk all things Hall of Fame. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Your boy Q. Got my man Damon Cotton behind the wheels of steel making everything go. And right now on the phone lines, pleased to have former Raider, former Patriot, Super Bowl champion, Hall of Famer defensive back Mike Haynes. And Mike, we definitely appreciate your, your time this afternoon. And when you hear Hall of Famer Mike Haynes, does that ever get old? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's no, a, and uh, for good and for good reason. I mean, it's uh, so many, so many, um, you know, guys that have that tag and that, you know, that makes you, you know, part of that team. And it, it helps me reflect on my my career as a player in the National Football League. So, no, it'll never get old. And it's a big, big part of my life and the things that I accomplished and the things that I use to. Um, or the, the way I was motivated to to excellence through the sport just brings back a lot of positives. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a it's a fraternity that, you know, it's just it's small compared to all the players that have played in the league. And that's an accomplishment in itself. Just getting to the National Football League, staying there and having a nice career is an accomplishment. But then all of a sudden to get the gold jacket, to be a Hall of Famer, to have a bust in Canton, Ohio, that's just incredible. And really, that's why I wanted to have you on the show, because the Raider Nation, they have three members of the Raiders that are going to be, uh, you know, enshrined in Canton, Ohio. Coach Tom Flores, Charles Woodson, defensive back, and of course Wayne, the Violator Mabry, a uh, super fan. So ca- don't want to forget about him either. But Coach Flores, Mike, you know him really, really well. You know his family really well. How excited and pumped up are you to see Coach Flores finally get his due? Well, let me just say, I, I don't know him really, really well. I, I, I love him like I do, though. <laughs> um, you know, he was a, a big part of my life uh, on the Raiders. And, um, you know, I learned a lot, you know, from switching from one team to another to see what it really takes to win and, you know, what kind of uh, motivator the coach is or, or needs to be and what kind of players that the, they've drafted there that might be, you know, really unique. And you wonder if that player could be as successful in other programs as he is in that program. I just learned a lot from him. And, um, and I really appreciate it. And even off the field, like in the coaches that I had in New England, none of them really worked in the community. If they did, they did it privately. I never saw that. Um, but Tom, he, he worked publicly. I mean, he was working with young people, having golf tournament up at Riviera Country Club to raise money for the youth uh, and doing good stuff all the time around the community. So I learned a lot from him and, uh, you know, what it meant to win. Um 
and you know and how to you know how to be a, a teammate that you know you, that you, you 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 in terms of loving your other brothers and so uh i think i always had that component but um i don't know that if it started at the top of the organization and worked its way down to 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 the players but it did with the raiders and that was part of uh what i enjoyed about it the most with that team that you were on that won the Super Bowl, with obviously coached by Coach Flores, you guys had a lot of casted characters, a bunch of different guys, a bunch of different personalities on that team. What was it that Coach Flores did so well to be able to get the best out of everyone, push the right buttons? Well, he knew how to communicate with all of these guys. There's so many are different. And, uh, you know, a lot of times you would see coaches, they're just quiet. <laughs> you know, they, just, they just put up with it. But he engaged, you know, he would say different things to let you know that he understands what's going on. And I think it's because, you know, uh, he was not only a coach, but he was a player. And and so he, he experienced a lot of the same things that we probably were experiencing and he could relate to. It. And he would share, he would be engaged in the conversation a lot of the time, which was really, I thought, unique. Talking right now with Mike Haynes, uh, former Raider, former Patriot, Hall of Famer, gold jacket wearer. And you wear that gold jacket proud. Every time I see you at, uh, at Radio Row on, for the Super Bowl, <laughs> you got that gold jacket on proud, Mike. Well, you know, I, I don't get to wear it that often. <laughs> you know, I'm not walking to the shopping, you know, to the shopping around with that jacket on. So uh, when I'm around my fraternity brothers, you might say, and and around people who have an appreciation for that jacket, it, it makes it a little different. So I, I enjoy I enjoy wearing it in, in that uh, situation. And I'm assuming, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming that you're going to be in Canton to, to help welcome in Coach Flores and Coach and, and Charles Absolutely. Winston as well. Absolutely. Are you kidding? I wouldn't <laughs> miss this for you know. I would if I was uh, sick and in the bed somehow. I would get out. That's <laughs> would, right. That's that's you know, right. I am. I'm so happy for him and. You know, he's done so much for the game and hopefully he's done so much for the communities that he's gotten out and and, and supported. Uh, and things are just being, you know, um, magnified by him being inducted. He already has a great platform and that he uses. And I think now this will even help him even more so. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Looking forward to it, man. Just booked my uh, my flight and everything for Canton. I'm assuming that the Raider Nation is going to be loud and proud that whole weekend. And Charles Woodson is also going in. And, you know, you're a defensive back, great defensive back. Charles Woodson, first time, first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. But from your perspective, what made him so special? What made him special as a cornerback and then later on in his career also as a safety? Well, I, I think, you know, one, he's smart. I think you start with that. I mean, he had a real understanding of the game. Um, a great athlete, super fast, um, a hurdler. So, you know, that means he has his ability to concentrate for a long time. <laughs> I, don't you, I don't know if you've ever run the hurdles, but you just don't run as fast as you can. I mean, you right, got a, right. a couple of obstacles you have to get over. So, you know, he, he's just a really super gifted athlete and uh, enjoys what he did. And you could see it in his play. Uh, I'm so happy for him, too. And, uh, you know, hopefully I get a chance to spend more time with him because at least I'll see him at least once a year right. at the Hall. Yeah. Right, exactly. And, you know, he, he went away. You know, he, he was uh, drafted by the Raiders, uh, ended up signing as a free agent with the Packers and returned to the Raiders. I felt when he returned, Mike, that his – he was more mature. His leadership was better. And at that time, the Raiders really needed that. I know they didn't win a whole lot of games, but they needed that that leadership, that guy that been there, done that, that, you know, a guy like Charles Woodson. I felt like he was right on time. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, he was a, a different player the second time around and he, he knew more of his more of a leader. Um, I wish he had an opportunity to play for Coach Flores, you know, in, uh, and experience what I had because he would have probably gotten a couple of more uh, opportunities to to show really what winning was all about and, and the kind of athlete he was. And, you know, Mike, I wanted to ask you this question because I, I say it here on the radio all the time. I tell people, and they don't really know what I mean, but you're a guy who played for multiple teams, playing for the Patriots and the Raiders. And I say it just it's a different culture when you're a Raider. When it's a player, you're a Raider. When you're a coach as a Raider. When you're a fan of a Raider. It's just a different type culture. It's a different type feel. I would say it's just you're a different dude when you're a Raider. What, what, I mean, what do, do, is that correct? Do you feel that same way? There's, there's no question about it. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's, if you haven't experienced it, it's probably hard to understand, but I'll give an example. When I was, when I was with the Patriots and um, I let's just say we we're going to be playing the Raiders and I knew I was going to be covering Cliff Branch in two weeks. <laughs> so I started to kind of prepare for that, realizing how fast he was and, I knew I need to work on my turn in case I have to turn and go deep and things like that. And so I would start working on it. And we, if we run sprints, I would be flying down the field, you know, because I'm thinking about Cliff. And, um, and when I came to the Raiders and I tried to do the same kind of thing and I would try to be out in front running, the guys would say, oh, what are you trying to do? Show off? What's, what's going on? You're just trying to make us look bad. What, what are you doing? I said, man, I'm just trying to get in shape, man. And uh, it says, well, um, man, if you, if you really worried about that much, you ought to come out early or stay late. Don't do that in front of the coaches, man. You're making us all look bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I said, dang, okay. <laughs> right. You know? And, uh, and that's what I had to do. And so like we were one unit, man, and we loved each other. We had each other's back. And I had to learn that and it didn't take long for me to, to, you know, fit in to that that culture. Talking right now with Mike Haynes here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny t talking about being a Raider and the culture of the Raiders. Darren Waller, we know his story where he, you know, he was uh, out of the league, really out of the league. And, and the Raiders, well, everyone was able to rehab him. He was able to rehab himself and get back, you know, to being a, a, a guy that can function in, in society. And he's, you know, obviously dealing with sobriety. He's got to deal with that every single day. But he's doing a great job with that. Max Crosby uh, has come out and said he's, you know, 17 months sober. Uh, Carl Nassib recently came out and said he was gay and you know I, I talked to Mike Mayock the other day and he said hey you know that's the kind of culture we're trying to create here where you can be just you you know you, you could just be comfortable and being who you are and still going out there and perform and that really comes down from Al Davis and you know Al you know you played for Al so uh, that's that's kind of the, the the blueprint that Al laid down for this organization how special is it to be a part of the silver and black fraternity where you could just be who you are it, it's nice you know it's uh, it's really that just win baby slogan, it really meant just win baby. And, you know, like it wasn't like, um, you know, you're going to every guy on that team is going to be like a, a student and great memory. And what a wonderful person. You know, right. it's like they could be a multitude of different personalities, some smart, not some not so smart. Some can lock in on a player and play a man to man like nobody else. But don't put him in a zone situation because he could get sucked up to the running back coming out in the flat and get beat over the top, you know, stuff like that. But the the coaches, Al, Tom, all the coaches, the coordinators, Willie, 
Chet Frank, all these guys, they knew the guys forward, backwards, inside and out. And, and they put them in the position where they would excel. And they, they knew what they were doing. Uh, they were, they were team, there were players on the, on the Raiders. They, there's no way they would have made the Patriots team. Just no way. But on the Raiders, they could play man to man. Uh, a linebacker could come up and take a running back, a great running back, fast running back, and run just as fast as that running back. And that was the main reason that he was on the team. You know, Al Davis, <laughs> he told me once, he said, one of the reasons he got me on the team was because I could cover Steve Largent, mm. <laughs> you know, right. you know, and so, um, so I, I think that that, that kind of thinking is different. I don't know how unique it is, but it's definitely different than what I thought, um, you know, it, it would be like. And so, you know, my, my lessons on football um, probably more than doubled when uh, I came to the Raiders. For someone who doesn't know Al Davis very well, what was it like to play for him, Be you know, just being able to walk into his office and speak to him? Who was Al Davis to you? He was a tough-minded guy who was so unique and different. I learned so much because he was so unique. Um, another example, I, I share this one a lot, so you may have heard it before, but uh, I was out working out by myself uh, in the, in the, at the facility in, in the offseason, and um, a, a door opened up in one of the buildings, and he yelled. He said, hey, Mike, come over here. And so I sh- shortened my workout, ran mm-hmm. over there, and he said, I, come on up here. I want, I want you to see this. And, uh, and so I went up, and he turned the projector on, and then he kind of like walked out of the room. Uh, and then he came back into the room before the, the, the film stopped. And it was a, um, a college team, University of Tennessee. I don't remember who they were playing. And um, uh, somebody uh, went to kick the ball. The ball gets blocked. A guy picks up the ball. Uh, he pitches it to his uh, teammate, and he's running up the field. And then um, the opposing team, um, the defensive team, the team that block the ball, um, you see these guys running up the field to get blocks for the guy who has the ball in his hand. You see this one guy who was, when this play started, he was, you know, uh, like six yards off the ball and he ends up passing all these guys and he throws the key block on that play. Mm. Uh, and so he says, what do you think of that? Now, I don't know what, what he's talking about. You know, <laughs> am I, you know, what, what do you think of that? And I said, you mean the guy who blocked the, the, the field goal attempt? Uh, or the guy who had the ball in his hand, or the guy who ran up and threw the key block. He said, the guy who ran up and threw the key block. And I said, huh, uh, I don't know. It's pretty hard to do, you know? And he says, exactly. He says, you can't coach that. Mm. You either have that or you don't have it in you. And, uh, man, let me tell you, we ended up drafting that kid in the first round. Wow. That was Terry McDaniel. Okay, <laughs> you know the corner, and and so I couldn't wait to tell Terry when he joined the team. I said, "Do you know the play <laughs> that got you to the Raiders? Wow. Got you drafted in the first round? It had nothing to do with covering a guy, right? Nothing, right? You know, but it did have all to do with having an attitude of winning and what it takes to win, and that's really what the Raiders had. They had a lot of guys just like that. They they were the attitude to win was super high and it might've been higher than anything else that they did. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's, that's that want to right there. That's exactly what that is. 
Terry yep. McDaniel. He played for the team for a very long time too. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did. Wow. And he was a, he was spectacular. Yeah. Super super good guy. Absolutely. That's an awesome story right there. We're talking with Mike Haynes, a Hall of Famer, a Super Bowl winner, a multiple-time Pro Bowler, uh, just a great dude here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And, you know, looking at the Raiders today, training camp is right around the corner. Matter of fact, let me ask you about training camp. When you were when it was that time, Mike, when it was, hey, players got to report, what was the mindset? What, what were you thinking when you knew it's that time to get on the grind this summer to prepare for a season? Well, um, to be honest, I, I was more focused on the young guys. Like, you know, I felt like our team is really, really good already, mm-hmm. you know. And what about these young guys who are going to be trying to make it? You know, how, you know, we drafted these kids high or, or we, we brought in some free agents. I really wanted to know more about the new guys on the team and what their personalities were and uh, try to get up, get to know them. And so we all bonded like, you know, and off the field and, going to uh, the local bar and having a beer or or doing fun stuff as a, as a team. Um, but for me, I, I was basically wanting to help the young guys understand what it really took to, to be a, a great player in the National Football League. And this was no longer college. And, uh, you know, and so that was really that for, for that. That was it for me. And then I just worked on my technique and help technique if anybody else needed help. Uh, wanted to get stronger, faster, bigger, um, and, you know, and work on my game. So I, I spent a lot of time with Lester, probably just one of the smartest guys I ever played with. You know, when I, you, you might not believe this. I think I shock people when I tell them when I came to the Raiders, I really didn't know how much I knew versus other guys. But when I sat down with the Raider players and, and watched film, I, and I would watch a lot of film with Lester and Mike Davis and Van McElroy and uh, and those guys. And I learned so much from Lester. I can't even tell you. I'm like, man. And I realized and I started playing football in the 10th grade and Lester started playing probably in the first grade or something, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, and he played multiple positions, you know, uh, on defense and offense and everything. And I played safety as a free a freshman in college in the corner starting my sophomore year in college and so I, I knew the corner position you know fairly well from a physical standpoint but from a mental standpoint like you know where the where the hashes were and the numbers and how to use those in zone and and man and, and where the help is and where you can expect it I never really talked to anybody about it you know I just did what the coaches said do but at that point in my career I'm watching film with Lester and we would talk about it and he'd say, oh, he's got to go inside. If he if he lines up there, he does this and does that. He's got to go inside, Mike, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. And so there were a lot of things that my technique, uh, I changed in my technique right. as a result of coming to the Raiders. That's awesome. That really is. And had Van McElroy on last week talking about some of those uh, old teams and, and, you know, some of the stuff he learned as well and uh, just how he was accepted on the team. You know, he said, hey, man, I, I came from a, a family where my, my dad was a, a preacher and I'm going to the Soul Patrol. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it was pretty awesome, man. It was a it was a fun conversation with him. I wanted to ask you real quick about a couple young guys. Damon Arnett, I asked you about him, I believe, last year. He was a rookie and last year was such a weird year with COVID and everything and no off season and no, no real training camp. It was all by way of zoom. And, and then Jonathan Abram as well. I wanted to ask you about him. He's going into his third year now as a safety with the Raiders. How did those guys, those young guys that you you know mentioned want to know how they can help the team contribute. How can these guys contribute to the team and help get them over the top, especially Arnett and, and Jonathan.
than Abram? Well, you know, just keep learning and ask a lot of questions and making sure that the new guys to the team, they know what's going on and what to expect. And, you know, if the culture, and I don't know if the same, if it's the same culture as when I played, I right. just do not know. Um, you know, we had a lot of senior leaders. You got to remember we had Ted Hendricks and we had Cliff Branch. We had several guys on the team that were older and then had been there through all those championships and everything. And they knew how to, you know, get the guys ready and everybody on the same page. So that I think that's really it. You know, just learn the game, understand the game, spend time with with the, the older guys when you see them. Even the guys like me, if if the, the former guys who when they come into town, you spend some time with those guys, talk, just right. buy them a beer, talk to them, just, you know, find out what it was like for them and and those kind of things. And, uh, you know, just keep it going. I, I think that. Uh, just being in the organization, they're going to have a fair amount of time to meet a lot of those guys, the former players, uh, former Raiders uh, that were playing on the great teams. And um, because they, the Raiders have always done a great job of bringing the guys back around, you know, having alumni functions and yeah. things. And uh, and so I, I just really think that's it. And so, you know, it, hopefully they're still drafting guys that have that attitude. Like, I just want to get better every year. Like I, I'd never got to the point where I could be the best I could be right. as many years as I played. I said, I'm going to get better this year than I was the year before. I never said, I just want to be as good as I was last year. Right. I want to have a great season all the time, but my performance, I just wanted to get better. And for, so my advice to all of those guys and it wouldn't matter what team they were playing on is just to keep working at being the best they can be. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, that's that's great advice right there. Uh, talking to to uh, Mike Haynes here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And before I let you go, I wanted to pass this along to you. I was talking to my teammate here at the station, uh, Mike Pritchard, who played in the league, a wide receiver, played in the league for uh, quite a while. He said, he told me uh, that he had a picture of Michael Haynes, the wide receiver that played for the Falcons, lined up against Mike Haynes, the defensive back for the Raiders. He let me know that he had a picture of, of Mike Haynes versus Mike Haynes. Uh, have you ever seen that picture? Or were you aware of that one? No, but I do remember playing him. It was a, a home game in the Coliseum in L.A. And um, it, was, it was funny. You know, it said, um, pass to Haynes, incomplete. Haynes on the coverage. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the fans were probably confused. <laughs> right. That's awesome. You know, but um, that guy, oh, gosh, I have so many Michael Haynes stories. And that was, you know, when I first came in the NFL, they said, what do you want to be, Michael Haynes or Mike Haynes? And I said, I don't know. I don't care. You right. know, whatever you guys say. And because uh, all my life I had been Michael Haynes, and then in the my as a rookie they made me Mike Haynes. Right. And um, and so with my name being Mike Haynes, and when I met Michael Haynes, I'm like, okay, well he's Michael. I'm Mike. Okay, I got it. that's cool. <laughs> well, I I got invited to an event at the Super Bowl when it was down here in San Diego. And um, and I came in and they asked me if I wanted to do this. I said, sure. Um, and then uh, they were introducing the players, uh, and then when it was their turn to introduce me, it says, "And our and our next player is Michael Haynes, uh, wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so instead of not going out, I just ran out anyway, just waved to the crowd. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I you know he, that guy was a wasn't he an Olympian? I dude was yeah. fast. Yeah, and he was very, very fast, very gifted. Yep. Yeah, very gifted player. 
That's awesome. I'm glad that Pritch, uh, he shared that story with me because, like I said, I had no idea that you guys had ever lined up against each other. But just to know that, that's really cool. Michael Haynes versus Mike Haynes. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody named Mike Haynes is winning, right? (laughs) That's it. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, well, thank you so much for your time. I I really do appreciate it. It's always great to catch up with you. Um, I I can't wait to Coach Flores, Charles Woodson, and the Violator all get into Canton, Ohio. I'll be there. I know you'll be there. So I, I look forward to seeing you out there. Mike. All right. I'll see you in, in Canton, Q. Talk to you later. There he goes. Great stuff right there with the Hall of Famer, Mike Haynes. Where's that uh, gold jacket proud? Because, hey, man, you're a member of a fraternity that uh, not very many people are part of. You know, all the players that have gone through the NFL, there's a small bunch of guys that are in the Hall of Fame. Mike Haynes is one of them. Coach Tom Flores is going to be another. Defensive back Charles Woodson will be another. And, of course, the violator, Wayne Mabry, will be another one. Great stuff right there from Mike Haynes. We definitely appreciate him. Going to come on back, kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920.